General Treasurer Seth Magaziner is back with us because now he's a Democrat running for Congress in the 2nd District. Good morning, Mr. Treasurer. Thanks for having me back. Well, last time I had you, and not that long ago, you yeah. were a Democrat running for governor. Why the change? Why do you want to be a congressman? Because they're two different things. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I'm running for Congress because we need strong leaders in Washington who can cut through the nonsense and deliver real results for Rhode Islanders. When I talk to Rhode Islanders, they're worried. They're worried about the rising cost of everything. They're worried about paying the bills worried about their kids' education and how that's been impacted by the disruptions of the last couple of years. And so we need leaders in Washington who will focus on things like lowering the cost right. of health care, lowering the cost of child care, making pre-K universal, transitioning to a clean energy economy and creating good jobs who are not beholden on people like Vladimir Putin and these autocrats around the world. You know, it used to be in this country that if you worked hard and you played by the rules, mm -hmm. you could build a good middle-class life for yourself and your kids. That's the way it was for my grandparents, who were sons of immigrants, grew up poor, but were able to get good jobs. My grandpa Bob is a steel worker in Worcester. My grandpa Lewis is a bookkeeper in New York. They didn't have a lot when they were young, but they were able to get good jobs okay. that allowed them to buy houses and enter the middle class. And people are worried that that American dream doesn't work anymore. I want to get to Congress to fight for working people so that we can deliver real results. All right, but let me refine my question a little yeah. bit. You were running for governor. Now you're running for Congress. Those are two different jobs. You can yeah. fight for people as governor. Why did you jump off that path and go on a completely different one? It seems to me you either want to be the actor or the producer. Yeah, well, right? listen, every decision that I've made in public life has been through the lens of how can I make the biggest difference, positive difference for people in Rhode Island. And when Congressman Langevin unexpectedly announced his retirement, yeah. I knew that the way that I could best deliver results for people in Rhode Island is as a member of Congress because some, so many of these big issues, issues around inflation, cost of living, um, education, clean energy, depend on what happens in Washington. And importantly, nothing would set back the cause of working people in Rhode Island more than if the Republicans take over Congress because their agenda is to repeal the Affordable right. Care Act, to privatize Social Security, which would be a disaster for working people in Rhode Island. So I'm running for Congress because we need to hold this seat in Democratic hands and deliver real results for working people but in Rhode Island. But when I had you in, you were running for governor. You had the same list of all these things you're going to do yeah. as governor, but now you kind of jumped to a different path. I, yeah. I, I, don't, I, I really, I need to nail that down. Yeah, the priorities are the same. I mean, again, the issues are the same, the priorities yeah. are the same, but when Congressman Langevin unexpectedly announced that he okay. was retiring, I was worried that this seat, if we didn't have a strong Democratic candidate in the race, could fall into Republican hands, which would okay. set back all of these important causes that I'm fighting for. Is there anything wrong in saying, I want to go to Washington where the action is? You know, I become a congressman, you could stay there for a long, long time. We keep the incumbents yeah. uh, here for it, the most part. Yeah. And, you know, the governor's one thing, but there's a lot of people in the race, and maybe I could, you know, is that the real answer? It's never been about me. It is about how can I make the biggest positive impact for working people in Rhode Island. And what's happening in Washington right now is so important because these issues that we're grappling with around the cost of living, cost of health, care, expanding access to education and child care. These are issues where Washington plays a critical role yep. and nothing would set back the cause of workers' rights, voting rights, women's rights more than if Kevin McCarthy and Marjorie Green and the crazies uh, on the far right yep. take over Congress again. We you, cannot let that happen. Do you consider Alan Fung part of that group? Well, his first vote would be to put that crowd back in charge, right. which would be a disaster. Because again, look at what the agenda of the Washington Republicans is. Their agenda is to repeal the Affordable Care Act, to privatize Social Security, to turn back the clock on workers' rights, women's rights, the right to organize, voting rights. That would be a disaster for working people in Rhode Island. Well, they, they could also counter, well, listen, our agenda is to fix the borders, uh, fix the energy. We're mm -hmm. going to deal with 
Putin the way he should be dealt with, not Biden vacillating, going back and forth. You know, there's another side to the story. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's take those issues. You know, what ha what is happening in the Ukraine is an atrocity. And that Donald, everybody, that yeah, everybody agrees. Everybody agrees with, except yeah. for Donald Trump, who was a cheerleader for Putin. He's in Mar-a-Lago. He's in Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, but if, but if, if Kevin McCarthy and the congressional Republicans yeah. get back in charge, they have shown that they will do Donald Trump's bidding, and that would be a disaster when it comes to standing up for Russia, transitioning to a clean energy economy. These very issues that you're talking about, we cannot let that happen. Okay, but you know that probably is going to happen. The red wave is coming. You're going to, if you win, let's mm -hmm. say you prevail. By the way, you got to get past a bunch of Democrats. How mm -hmm. many on your side now? The Six, seven people running. Yeah, I don't know. You don't have to name them all. That's not. That's not. That's yeah. not what you're here to do. Uh, the red wave is coming, and every single pundit and everybody you talk to, it's going to go Republican. Yeah. You would be a freshman Democrat from Rhode Island. Yeah. I mean, we got to get a smaller totem pole. You'll be way yeah. down. Well, first of all, I think we've done well with Democratic representation in Congress from Rhode Island. We've had a strong congressional delegation that's really delivered resources yeah. for the state on infrastructure, education, public safety, uh, regardless of the climate in Washington, D.C., and I want to continue that tradition. But also, I think we need to make sure that voters understand what the consequences in their lives will be if we allow the Republicans to take over Congress, the consequences on the cost of health care, on their retirement security. And we have to do our part in Rhode Island to keep CD2 in Democratic control so that we can do our part to keep Congress in Democratic control so that we can continue to deliver results and fight yeah. for working people in Rhode Island and nationally. I suppose Alan Fung or Jessica De La Cruz, two Republicans running for the same seat, would say it's going to be Republican. Yeah. You should have at least one of us down there to deal for the, for the next two years no. and possibly the next six. It would be a disaster for working Rhode Islanders who care about the Affordable Care Act, yeah. who care about the solvency of Social Security, a disaster to let the Republicans take over Congress. And we have to do our part in Rhode Island to make sure that doesn't happen. That is why I am in this race. Do the Republicans do anything right in your view? You may need well, some of them to win. And you're going to need the independents, too. Yeah. And by the way, Donald Trump did pretty good well, in Rhode Island, didn't uh, he, in 2016 uh, and 2020, I think he by was the numbers? I think he was a disaster for Rhode Island. No, no, vote-wise, numbers-wise. Yeah, well, he didn't win. But, now here's what I'd say. Bipartisan cooperation yeah. is important. And as state treasurer, I have worked across party lines to get things done. You know, I passed a state school construction program mm -hmm. with bipartisan support that's fixing schools all across the state, from Cranston to North Kingstown yeah. to Burrillville and everywhere in between. I passed one of the very first bills I worked on was a bipartisan bill that set up tax-free savings accounts for young people with disabilities in Rhode Island. So it is important to have bipartisan cooperation, and I will work with anybody in Washington, left, right, or center, to deliver positive results for Rhode Islanders. But do I think that the Republicans should be back in charge of Congress? Absolutely not. What will you do if you prevail and they are in charge? How effective can you be? Now, you have to be yeah. realistic about that. Yeah, again, I have a track record in Rhode Island of getting things done in a bipartisan way, right. school construction, tax-free savings accounts for t okay. kids with disabilities. And so I, I will continue to find opportunities to work across the aisle when possible. But I will also stand up to the Kevin McCarthy's and Marjorie Greens of the world who have a radical agenda that would be bad for working people in Rhode Island. Okay, the first thing when Alan Fung announced, you, you put out a snapshot of him in a MAGA hat. Yeah. You did. Does that signal that you're gonna, all oh, the gloves are off, you're gonna really go after him on that? Well, I think that everyone needs to be accountable for their record. And I think that, you know, whether it's him or De La Cruz or whoever the Republican nominee is, we have to remind Rhode Islanders that the most important vote that the next member of Congress will take mm. from Rhode Island is the first vote, the vote for which party will be in control of the agenda in Congress. I want the Democrats to hold Congress so that right. we can continue to work on reducing health care costs, transitioning to a clean energy economy, and delivering real results for working people. Whether it's Allen or mm. whoever else, their first vote is going to be to put 
the far right radicals back in charge, which would not be good for working and people And your first vote would be to put the far left Nancy Pelosi back? Well, it would be to put. A, would you vote for Nancy? I would. Yeah. You no. Would. Listen, I think. Listen, I think that she did a great job in passing the Affordable Care Act, which has lowered health care costs for thousands of Rhode Islanders mm -hmm. and expanded access. Um, you know, if she ran for speaker again, she would have my vote. All right. Even uh, even with his MAGA hat and that photograph that you put out, Alan Fung did pretty good in the race against Jen Raimondo in the second district. Yeah. Uh, he took Cranston, uh, and I can go on, but he took yeah. he took a lot of towns. He's feeling pretty good about his chances. Yeah. Uh, That's I, his area. Yeah. I have a track record of winning in District 2 as well. In both of my races for state treasurer, we won the second congressional district by a wide margin. Won Cranston twice, Warwick twice, Burrillville twice. Okay. And so I feel very confident because I have a track record of running and winning in District 2. And more importantly, I have a track record of delivering results for Rhode Islanders in District 2. Our school construction program, building new elementary schools like Garden City Elementary in Cranston and Eden Park in Cranston. Um, the clean energy program that I started at the Infrastructure Bank uh, has had a huge impact across the district. Here's a piece of trivia for you. The town of West Warwick has not paid an electric bill on its buildings in five years, its town buildings, mm -hmm. because of the clean energy program that I started. So Here's a, here's a little piece of trivia. Yeah. It, went to, it went to Fong. West Warwick. And it went to Magaziner twice in, okay. in the treasurer's races. So the point I'm making is that uh, I'm going to be successful and our campaign will be successful because I have a track record of delivering results district-wide, which no one else in this race, Republican or Democrat, has. Fair enough. You ran twice, you ran statewide, but now you're running district by district. You don't live in the second district. Yeah. There's not an easy one to go after you as a carpetbagger. Well, no. Listen, I have lived in the second district um, and voted in the second district for a number of years. I've served the second district as state treasurer and delivered results okay. on school construction and clean energy for years. And, um, you know, I've already said that I will move to District 2. I only live a mile away now. So uh, you can I see have, it. Is yeah, that, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, most importantly, listen, people in Rhode Island want to know that right. their representative in Washington understands what they're going through. And I have spent the last seven years as state treasurer going to every city and town in District 2, listening to people's concerns, working with people as state treasurer. I'm the only one in the race who has that experience of serving the entire district, and I will continue to do so uh, as the next member of Congress from District 2. You're looking for a house. Look, yeah. you've been caught in the tough real estate market. I understand. It's true. It's true. <laughs> You're going to pay a lot more than maybe if you would have ran two terms ago, correct? <laughs> How close are you to moving? And do you have, do you, yeah, have you picked a town? Yeah, we're actively looking. It is a difficult real estate market, but we're committed to moving, and we will. State Treasurer Seth Magazine is my guest once again. Last time he was in, he was running for governor. Now he's running for Congress. All right, let's say you prevail, you get in. Uh, this war, there is the whatever, which way it goes, it could still be a war, it could be over, but Ukraine is going to be with us for a while. Uh, is the U.S. taking the right approach with Ukraine? Well, like all Rhode Islanders, I am horrified and appalled by what Vladimir Putin is doing in Ukraine. I'm a new father. I have a four-month-old baby at home, and when I see these images of hospitals being bombed and schools being bombed, it's, it's a punch to the gut. And we have to have a strong response. We have to send a message to Putin mm -hmm. and to dictators all over the world that this is not acceptable. You cannot invade a peaceful democratic nation without consequences because if we let this happen mm -hmm. without consequences, he won't stop in Ukraine. He'll keep going. So I support the strongest possible economic and diplomatic sanctions. Last week, I moved to get the state's investments out of Russia completely okay. mm -hmm. uh, because this is not accord with Rhode Island values, right. what Putin is doing. So we need to take strong action 
I support strong sanctions. I support strong diplomatic action. I don't think we should get U.S. troops involved in Ukraine, but we have to have a strong response to send the message that this is right. wrong. So it appears that you're, you're, in, you're in lockstep with what the president is doing thus yeah. far. I give, I give President Biden credit on this. I think that he has moved quickly to get the rest of the world unified against what Putin is doing. Uh, I'm supportive of strong economic sanctions like those that the president has put in place. And I think we should continue to explore more opportunities to penalize Putin for what he's doing because it is not right. And ultimately, right. if we let him continue without consequences, uh, he will keep going and that's bad for Americans here at home. All right. Do you think it was a mistake to offer Ukraine NATO membership at some point? A former Governor Chafee, former Senator Chafee, yeah. uh, he said, I am right about this. Uh, we are shoving NATO membership right up against his door. He told us what he would do if this happened. And Chafee says, I don't care what the critics say. You're going to see that I'm right. He said, I was right on the rock. Yeah. It was wrong to make entreaties to Ukraine to join NATO, and that's why we are. Now, I think if this experience has shown anything, it has reminded people of how important the NATO alliance is, right? It is important to have a strong NATO, to have strong uh, partnerships with democratic nations in Europe. Um, so that we can push back against this Russian aggression. So no, if it, look, I would support Ukraine joining NATO. Mm -hmm. I think it's important that we have a strong alliance because you know what Putin is doing, he is showing that he has no regard for civilian lives, for innocent lives. He doesn't need to be executing on this war. This is a war of choice by Vladimir Putin. Right. He's a dangerous man. We have to have strong alliances to prevent that expansion. So no boots yeah. on the ground, no Correct. enforcing a no-fly zone. Yeah. We're not going to shoot down Russian jets, right? Yeah. So the critics might say, okay, you do all of that, you crush his economy, it's going to go right to China. Yeah. And that's going to upset the whole world balance even more. Now, I'll tell you what, though, if we let Putin do what he's doing in Ukraine with no consequences, China would be watching and they would be thinking that they could get away with something similar in Taiwan. You know, other dictators around the world would be watching and thinking, well, we can invade peaceful neighboring countries if we want to, and there's not going to be any consequences. There have to be consequences. You cannot invade a peaceful, democratic nation and just expect that the rest of the world isn't going to do anything about it. All right. Now, the president said, okay, all my actions will have a cost, and it's yeah. going to be painful for all of us. Gas is 439. You and I are taping on a Thursday. Gas is 439 yeah. over on Route 2. How much are the American key people going to take of that? And yeah. they're going to drop it right at your doormat in the event that you get yeah. in. It's not going to have $5 gallon gasoline. Yeah. And it's just not going to stand. Pe pe people are struggling with the cost of living, including the cost of gas, no doubt. That's why I came out earlier this week and I said that uh, Congress should suspend the federal gas tax to help okay. provide relief that way. We should continue to tap into the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which will also help lower gas prices. So there are actions that Congress can and should take that I will fight for to lower the cost of gas. I think most Rhode Islanders, when I talk to them, they understand that what Russia is doing is wrong, what Putin, excuse me, is doing is wrong, yeah. and that sanctions are necessary. They understand that. But they also expect Congress to do everything that it can to help reduce the pain at the pump. And so that's what we should do. We can do both. You distinguish between Putin and the Russian people. Yeah. Well, they, uh, it's their system. They're well, living with it. You're crushing them, too, you know. Yeah, but this is a, this is, Putin at this point is a dictator who jails his political opponents, right. who jails and kills journalists. This is not... Uh, a democratic nation where they have had the ability to choose their own leadership. So I do make a distinction between Putin, who is a ruthless dictator, and the people of Russia, many of whom I don't think support the, this illegal and immoral war. All right. Uh, yeah. The president uh, said we're going to have pain at the pump. We've talked, uh, we've, uh, we've talked about that. And you said, oh, well, I'll take some measures. Would you open up federal lands to drilling? Would you open up the, uh, the, uh, the wildlife reserve, yeah. ANWR, 
to drilling. Would you say, let's get that pipeline, the XL yeah. pipeline going again? Even if you did those things, it would take years. It would but take would, years would you, to complete those things. Those? So what we need is relief now. Okay. So the measures that would provide relief now, suspending the federal gas tax, which I call for, that would save the average Rhode Islander 3 to $4 every time they fill up their tank. That's a big deal. Okay. Tapping into the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. There's still 600 million right. barrels of oil in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. That's immediate relief. So there are things that I think we can do in the near term that will provide relief quickly, and we should. And longer term, we should transition to a clean energy economy because not only will that create a lot of jobs and be good for the environment, but it will mean that we will not be beholden on Putin or the Saudis or the Venezuelans and other autocratic regimes to keep the lights on going forward. All right, but these other issues could be part of the short term. Open up Anwar for drilling, open up the federal lands for yeah, more drilling, allow years. more fracking on federal. Yeah. No, you could do that immediately. It would take years. The, you know, years the to build a pipeline, yeah. but Anwar could be open, then the others could be open. Uh, to build out the infrastructure in Anwar would take years. No, I think we're talking about long-term yeah. solutions, not yeah. just the short-term things that I mentioned, but long-term solutions, the best approach would be to really double down on transitioning to a clean energy economy, making it easier for people to mm -hmm. make their next cars be electric cars, make it easier to uh, transition to 100% renewable electricity. One of the things that I'm very proud of with the second congressional district mm -hmm. in Rhode Island is that we are the birthplace of the offshore wind industry in America. We need to continue to, over the long run, and not, to, not just the long run, yeah. quickly, prioritize those kinds of investments so that we will never be beholden on the Vladimir Putins of the world again. All right, let's just talk about a couple of other issues if you get to Congress. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a, we understand possibly the president may sus suspend payments for the student loan again. Do you support rescinding the student loan payments? Everybody's forgiven, yeah, like so, some of the far left members of your yeah. party do? So, so here's what I believe on student loans. First of all, uh, the student loan burden is real for many people, and it is, it is making it harder for people to have stable financial lives, mm -hmm. to buy houses, to raise kids. And I do think that some relief is necessary. It's wrong that the federal government, which is the lender for most student loan borrowers mm -hmm. in the country, that the federal government makes a profit off of these loans. The federal government should not be charging a 5 6 or 7% interest rate on student loans. So yeah. the first thing that we should do is lower this interest rate to be, I think it should be zero, because the federal government should not be profiting off of these loans. Second, we have workforce shortages in many key areas of the economy right now. We mm -hmm. have a shortage of teachers, a shortage of healthcare workers. I do support student loan forgiveness for those sectors of the economy right. where we need people and we're having a hard time recruiting people. So student loan forgiveness in those key areas. Um, do I think that you know, the average person who maybe hasn't gone to college themselves should be paying for student loan forgiveness for somebody who went to Harvard and works at Goldman Sachs? No. But for those key areas of the economy, education, healthcare, childcare workers, where we have a real shortage and a real need, I do think we should have student loan forgiveness. Right. You know, we may get medical, uh, recreational marijuana in Rhode Island. It's, it's probably coming. Would you support that on the federal level? Yes. Would you say yeah. just across the board? Yeah. Listen, I, I think the time has come for this. I think that most people support it. And it's wrong to be getting people caught up in the criminal justice system for minor marijuana-related okay. offenses. Yes. All right. Uh, uh, what would be the number one thing you'd do if you get there? So top Number of mind, what committee yeah. do you want to be on? Yeah, so I want to be on whatever committee where I can deliver the most results for Rhode Island. But top of mind for me in terms of issues, um, right now it's all about pe helping people keep up with the cost of living. Mm -hmm. So, for example, um, uh, allowing Medicare and Medicaid to negotiate with the drug companies to lower the cost of prescription drugs, that's a priority for me. Uh, universal pre-K and making childcare more affordable mm -hmm. because not only will that make it easier for people to pay their bills, it will also... Uh, make it easier for people to go back to the workforce okay. if there's universal preschool. So those are some of the things that are top of mind for me. And 
helping this transition to a clean energy economy, as I mentioned earlier, which could create a lot of jobs and reduce our dependence on foreign fossil fuels. Let's hold it there. We covered a lot yeah. of ground, but there's more to come as you progress in your campaign. Treasurer Seth Magaziner, running as a Democrat for Congress 2nd District. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. We'll pick it up again on the radio.